HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, Ooh, ah! <laughs> an evil podcast with me, your hosts, Leslie Nielsen from Dracula, Dead and Loving It, <laughs> and me, Pinhead from Hellraiser. I almost just spit coffee all over my phone. That's funny. <laughs> Pinhead was, uh, that's a callback to last week's show. We were talking about the pinheads at the uh, Sharper Image. At the what? At Sharper Image, those things that you put your face in. Oh my the God. The germ collectors. Yes. <laughs> Inspired by real life, Sharper Image. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie about the Sharper Image. Pinhead is just like laying in like one of those massage chairs. <laughs> um, so I found out that there's a remake of Hellraiser that's... Really? allegedly closer to the novella which i didn't know there was a book but i think it's weird that the hulu it's on hulu i don't think it's the hulu version but the version that's on hulu right now the newer version is it's just weird to me that it's closer to the novella because clive barker wrote the novella like so why wouldn't he just make the movie like his book (laughs) so weird you know what like i don't think i've ever fully seen hellraiser all the way through oh really it's very good is he from hell or is he just he, raising hell? He's just raising a little hell. He's raising heck. <laughs> heck raiser. It's like the NC set. It's like the airplane version. Heck raiser. Yeah. Well, that actually reminds me of something. I want to share it with the world. Um, sure. On Instagram.com. Someone sent me a series of tweets that are like, add a one word and ruin a horror movie. Okay. So they have here the last Waffle House on the left. <laughs> <laughs> uh rosemary's baby daddy <laughs> <laughs> freddie versus jason statham <laughs> oh my god that's amazing chia pet cemetery <laughs> that's still scary though honestly <laughs> five nights at freddie mercury's <laughs> <laughs> um, how about like halloween candy 
<laughs> my favorite one is get out more. <laughs> <laughs> How about house on hill, a house on haunted hill country barbecue? <laughs> we have to add only one word. Oh, okay. house on haunted hill country. Though that's fine. <laughs> that's really funny i love it i want to think of let's think of our own for next time and like the hills have eyes glasses <laughs> <laughs> needs a little work yeah when a stranger calls y- you daddy no that's good that's a very fun game i love it when I a stranger it. calls collect <laughs> that is also scary because it's very expensive yeah it is <clears throat> definitely wow that's amazing has anything else interesting happened to you this week besides a series of tweets mm, no not really the weather has been very nice here too have you seen any um like 20 foot skeletons around you no there's just a normal size skeleton like a, the normal human body size um around the corner for me, which I posted on my Instagram stories. Maybe you'll remember it. But last year, he was, like, really funny because his arms were sticking straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, yay, I'm so excited. But this year, his arms are just kind of, like, halfway out. Like, I don't know if... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he got a divorce. Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, could Or lost been. his job. And that if that's true, though, if he's single, I really want to, you know chat with him yeah call me skeleton that's the point you're at in your dating life you're just dating skeletons in people's front yards yeah i do yeah i enjoy well you know like it's it's, you don't have to worry about you don't have to fear the inevitability of death if they're already decomposed and just skeletons you know yeah you don't have to worry if like they're gonna be a picky eater or like right you know not like fish yeah, or they might not. They could. <laughs> or they might like fish. It's a band. <laughs> yeah, and they won't have to, like, buy clothes. You know, they won't have to do any of the troubling things that partners do, like buying clothes. I don't know why I thought about buying clothes. It's troubling. <laughs> I love buying clothes. <laughs> I want yeah, everyone like, to buy clothes. <laughs> buying clothes is nice, but, like, I think that buying clothes with, like, a partner is embarrassing sometimes. I don't like to. There are things I like to do alone, like running yeah. and going shopping like I don't like shopping with a with a boyfriend really yeah you don't have to worry about a skeleton showing up at the mall when you're shopping because they'll be like what would I go to the mall for I have no point for me to be there right or going on a run with you people jogging with me is not no no one should ever do it it doesn't make any sense and then like the worst thing is like when you see people jogging together who are like having a full-on conversation with each other it's like why now <laughs> This is the only time you two have to catch up while you're literally fucking running and panting and gasping for air. Man, speaking of people jogging together, my sister just ran the Chicago Marathon. Like a psychotic freak. (laughs) Wow, that's jogging with a lot of people. Did she do a good job? Did she jog the whole thing or did she have to walk? Uh, She jogged the whole thing. I asked her if she won. She did not win. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine your sister won the marathon. (laughs) Do you get like a prize if you win? Or is it just like the respect of your fellow joggers? No, I think you got, like, a lot of money. Like $10 million? No, that's a lot of money. I think you got, like, maybe, I, I want to say, like, $10,000. Does like that sound bucks? reasonable? Like, here's the thing. If the fucking guy who wins the hot dog eating contest gets twenty five grand, do not you think someone who wins a marathon should get more? That's such a more extreme feat. Do you get the key to the city? 
Yeah. What is the key to the city open? Like the sewer grates or the zoo? <laughs> yeah, it opens the door to the Ninja Turtles house. That's exact. That's what I've always thought. When people talk about a key to a city, I'm like, oh, so you put this in the sewer grate. I don't know why. That's always been my mind, but it has. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, and like just things that you wouldn't normally be able to open. I guess what like the else? mayor's bedroom. Yeah, like what else in like the city that would I want to open? Like... Well, I would like to open, like, the wherever they keep all the gold and stuff. Yes, the gold room. <laughs> Here's the key to the city. Have all the gold you want. Yeah. It seems great. Know. Does every city have its own little pile of gold? <laughs> or its own pile of keys. How many keys are out here? Do they, do they change the locks if, like, they find out that someone's, like, abusing right, it? What if like, someone's, like, fallen from grace after they're given the key to the city? Yeah. They have to change all the locks to the city. That's a big, all the locks to the sewer grates. It's just going to take so long. <laughs> the key to the city that would be the best would be, like, if you could open up all, like, public bathrooms that, like, aren't, Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not public bathrooms, but private bathrooms, I guess. Like, nice, swanky bathrooms throughout the city, and they're, like, marked by, like, a weird thing you never knew about before. And you're like, here's a bathroom. You go in, and there's, like, a heated toilet seat and, like, a, I don't know. A pair of slippers, a bath. So in, so in your mind, there's like a secret collection of fancy, swanky bathrooms that only like the mayor gets to use all over the city. Yeah, the mayor and like Derek Jeter. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, I didn't know someone was in here. Um, well, anyway, is the, speaking of Derek Jeter, is there any celebrity gossip this week that we need to show about? No, I decided that we're not going to do any celebrity gossip because I <laughs> wanted to read the tweets. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I think it's better anyway. I think people are like, why do they do celebrity gossip on this podcast? I thought no, I was they food. love it. They do? Mike Sala, phone into the show. Oh, that's what I want to talk about. Saw Mike Sala last night at Long mm-hmm. Island Bar. Loved it. He looked, like, very preppy, and he said he had just come <laughs> from playing, playing golf, and I was like, I can tell. Um, but he was, it was like, really funny. Did he still have his dog clubs? <laughs> no, he didn't. But I like didn't notice him until the person I was with got up and then I ran over to Mike Sala and then the guy I was with said, he was like, when I saw you like run over to that guy when I was in the bathroom, I thought I'd lost you. <laughs> and I was like, to Mike Sala? <laughs> also, I'm like, sir, calm down. <laughs> no, he was just being cute. But like, um. And then I was like pictured a life where me and Mike Sala got married and it made me chuckle. Well, I would do it. Mike, I'm picturing like, that this man can't even go to the bathroom without being terrified of you running off with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, he was just kidding. Um, I hope so. But Mike Sala is very attractive. So obviously this was a reasonable concern. Little did he know. Attractive. Parrot owner. Golfer. <laughs> wealthy, attractive, parrot owning golfer. Mike Sala is a catch. Fish owner also. A fish? Wait a minute. Mike Sala, you own a fish? Multiple fishes. Get the hell out of here. Multiple Goldfish? fish. Fish? <laughs> I think it's pronounced fish eye. Um, I don't know what kind of fish they are. I don't think they're goldfish. I think they're like tropical. Oh, that's sexy. That is a rich person's pet, a tropical fish tank, but like a vintage one from the 90s and 80s. Looks like a fish called Wanda. He has the he owns the movie A Fish Called Wanda on VHS. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that he actually has an aquarium. I'm just he owns a fish. He owns Wanda. Phil Lesh. If just you were like finish, <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't let me finish my thought. He just owns a fish called Wanda on DVD and VHS. 
then Blu-ray. <laughs> he has a laser disc also. <laughs> <laughs> he has it on eight millimeter, like whatever on film. Projects it, <laughs> loves yeah. it. He also reenacts the entire film from memory every morning before he goes to work. I like that movie. Kevin Klein, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, it's a classic. About it. Yeah, an American I classic. It. I hope it's. It American. is an American classic. <laughs> John Cleese. Uh, I think so. Go on, <laughs> <laughs> John. That's it. You fill in the rest. <laughs> Try to make John Cleese not scary by adding an extra word. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, should we get into our topic today? Speaking of things that are scary, we're doing vampires. Ah! Do. Um, yes, vampires, and this is food related because vampires eat blood, okay? Yeah. They love it, notoriously. They are dead and loving it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> sure are. <laughs> They're, they, they are dead and loving it, and that's why Mel Brooks is the funniest person ever. Just a quick sidebar. I've been watching Mad About You, and uh, I, tell any, I, I will tell anyone who will listen this about me. I, for some reason, I think it makes me seem cool, but I, I think it doesn't. Understand. <laughs> because, okay, what is the premise of Mad About You? Just like a young couple living in New York City? Yeah, two rich, young whites living in a huge apartment that probably costs like $20 million, but kind of pretending <laughs> to just scrape by like normal folks. They have a what? separate kitchen with a big door. They have like, anyway, it's a, Wait. it's a relaxing show. Is it a comedy? It's not like a drama. Um, not unless you add an extra word to the end. <laughs> Mad about Mad you about cheating. You. <laughs> <laughs> Mad about Mad you about not, <laughs> not closing the refrigerator door. <laughs> Mad about you fucking my best friend behind my back. Um, um, mad about you fucking my best friend in front of my back. <laughs> in front of my back. Oh my god, <laughs> this is digressing so much. But um, wait, wait, about- what is the, is it funny? Is Paul Reiser funny? It, is Helen it Hunt is funny? funny? Yeah, and I'm really watching it for the fashion. So the fashion do they have is incredible. Any kids? They do have a, a baby later on, and then the show really tanks because it's boring with the baby it's just they're always fighting about the baby but they don't really fight. i mean they have their ups and downs mm. i don't know why i mentioned this what, were we what is the difference before? between mad about you and dharma and greg <laughs> i've never watched dharma and greg but i think they're just like on ass i think they're mad about you on acid oh i was gonna say mel brooks has like a bit <laughs> part in mad about you he plays like their quirky jewish uncle what and he is so fucking funny like i mean i i of course always knew that mel brooks is funny but like He's so funny on this show, like, and not like you know, like he's he's so old, and most people who are like that he elderly, so he was old then. This was thirty years ago. He looked like he was in his eighties then. Um, <laughs> is he but, still uh, alive? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's so. But anyway, his like sense of humor is like just so ahead of its time. He's great. But anyway, Dracula done loving it. Greatest movie. Favorite Mel Brooks movie by by far. Oh well, I like the. Um... Um, but Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is also great. Spaceball is a classic, but I don't really like space. So Dracula, Dead and Loving It really wins for me, mostly because of the title. Spaceballs is really good. Yeah. Okay, okay. so we're doing vampires. So thank you for this sidebar into a television show that I guess I just never, well, I never watched it. I don't know. My mom must not have been that into it. 
Um, Jump right in, the water's warm. Helen Hunt is a style icon. She's sexy. Were they part of Musty TV? Yes. There's famous people on the show, like Yoko Ono did like a guest spot. It's great. What? That's so bizarre. I know, it's strange. Okay, well, now I'll check it out. Is it on, what channel is it on? I'm watching it on Amazon Prime. So each time I watch an episode of Mad About You, Jeff Bezos grows a set of wings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Okay. I was originally going to just focus my research on Dracula, but that was boring. So I'm actually going to do just like the vampire over overview. Okay, got it. <laughs> what is a vampire? Nobody knows. <laughs> um, okay, so according to this is all from Wikipedia, which is like wow, there is so much information on vampires, and it's like a whole textbook. Um, and I'm going to read it to you word for word. Um, so vampires are, according to folklore, because, first of all, Wikipedia alleges that vampires are not real, okay? <laughs> okay, Wikipedia, fucking know it all. Um, okay, so folklore says that they are creatures who take the vital essence of humans, typically vital essence, which I think is funny. It's like herbal essences, but it's your vital essence. Your favorite shampoo. Um, is, is your blood, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, in the olden... So the, the vampire that we kind of think of nowadays is not exactly what they were talking about in the olden times. Um, and in the very olden times, European folklore were just like, yes, the undead would, like, rise again, but they would just visit their loved ones and cause mischief. <laughs> oh, they were just, like, squirrely. <laughs> Can you imagine just being like, okay, I'm back from the dead and I'm just going to like <laughs> rearrange your books so they're not in alphabetical order. I'm going to tie your shoelaces together. <laughs> I'm going to put plastic over the top of the bowl. Oh, man. I'm going to change the timer when you're cooking a pizza so it burns. I'm going to put your hand in a cup of warm water <laughs> when you're sleeping. <laughs> I'm going to drink all the milk and put the carton back in the fridge. <laughs> I'm going to loosen the top to the salt shaker. <laughs> I'm going to put the salt and the sugar and the sugar and the salt. Oh, vampire. Yeah, okay. you you got me again. All right, settle down. We have to go through a lot here. Okay, so the term vampire basically was popularized in Western Europe, but it was like, it's basically like vampires kind of have been in most cultures forever, kind of, in some variation. Um, their earliest recorded written word vampire in English was, is in 1688, but they use it without having to explain what it means. So the implication is that it's in regular use. Um, it was also written down in French in 1693. Um, most of the modern day vampire stuff that we kind of know the most about is coming from 18th century Southeastern Europe. So there are like multiple different types of vampires, but the ones that we kind of know the most about or that we see the most in like popular culture. Um, However, these original vampires were described uh, differently than we think of. So they were described as being bloated, (laughs) ruddy, purplish, Hot, call me. Um, Maybe they're just gluten intolerant. Yeah, they could be celiac. So they, (laughs) (laughs) 
but they're, you know, they're purple and bloated because they're drinking blood. There's also blood on their mouth. There's blood on their nose. Um, they're in, they're in their coffin and usually their left eye is open. What? I, um, and also people describe chewing sounds coming from the grave. That's oh how you know there's an empire in there. Wow. Um, now we're going to talk about the sort of... Bloated. Sorry. I, I know. <laughs> um, there, this is how they, the different types of ways that a vampire could be created, according to these folklores. Um, in Slavic or Chinese traditions, any corpse that was jumped over by an animal, particularly a dog or a cat, would probably become a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> a jumped uh, over? Like, it was yeah, like dead a and cat, a cat... If you die, and before anyone else can get you buried, a cat leaps over your dead body, you're going to be a vampire. <laughs> okay? That's um, why I don't trust cats. I've never really liked cats for this exact reason. Well, a dog jumping over your walls make you become a vampire, okay? Um, also, a body that has a wound that was not treated with boiling water, you're going to turn into a vampire. <clears throat> uh, no. Oh, yes. Um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> People who rebelled against the Russian Orthodox Church. Vampires. Vampires. If you died while you were insane, you could become a vampire. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's, that looks like I'm going to become a vampire. <laughs> and so <Same>. are you. <laughs> um, okay, here's how to prevent vampires, okay? <clears throat> mm. Only you can prevent vampire fires. Only you can prevent forest fires and vampires. Um, <laughs> so in, in some cultural practices, oh, I also just love the way they refer to this. Okay, so what they wanted to do is prevent a loved one from turning into an undead revenant. <laughs> Ooh. So one, one technique that they use is burying the corpse upside down. <laughs> Whoa, how do you do that? Like that deep? Like with their feet sticking up the top? No, you just turn them on their face. Oh, God. I, got, I was thinking, like, <laughs> their feet sticking out the, to, out the top of the ground. That could work, too. <clears throat> okay. I mean, it doesn't say specifically. Maybe you're right. Um, another thing that they would do is they would put sickles near the grave to satisfy the demon. So I guess if a, a demon was wandering around the cemetery and he wanted to, like, reanimate a body, if he saw a sickle instead, he'd be like, oh, this is fine. I'll just hang out with I'm just going to play with this sickle instead of reanimating a body. <laughs> so um, easily distracted. Yes. In some Greek mythology or Greek folklore, they would be buried with a wax cross and a piece of pottery that says Jesus Christ conquers. Whoa. <laughs> so then the Jesus Christ like, oh, vampire slayer. Okay, fine. Jesus Christ conquers. I guess I won't get in this body. <laughs> um, <clears throat> some other stuff they did where they would sever their tendons of the dead bodies <clears throat> at the knees. They would also put poppy seeds, millet, or sand around the grave because uh, get in some folklore, if a vampire rises from the grave and there's a bunch of poppy seeds by his grave, he has to count all of them before he can go <laughs> murder anyone. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so then there's like a, a thing that they noted and they're like, well, so there's sort of like a thing with vampires and like basically essentially OCD. Um, That's exactly also, what I was just going to say. There's also a Chinese folklore thing where if a vampire comes across a sack of rice, it has to count every single grain. Wow. So that's a way to like slow them down. That's 
so interesting. <laughs> just throw out like a bunch of sesame seeds or like, I don't know, grains yeah. of rice. That's wild. <clears throat> okay, here's how you identify if there is a vampire in the grave. You take a virgin boy and you put him on a virgin stallion. It has to be a black stallion, by the way. A virgin um, black stallion? How do you uh, know if the stallion's a virgin? You just ask it if it has had sex before. <laughs> Excuse me. They have to tell you the truth. It's like if you ask a cop if they're a cop. They have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the horse would allegedly, like, balk at the grave if there was a vampire in there. But only so. if it's a virgin. If it's had horse sex before, it's like... <laughs> Not you can't trust it, lying slutty horse. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> slutty horse. <laughs> um. So, the other thing is, if you see a hole in the ground near the grave, there's probably a vampire in there. Um, if you dig up a grave, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the corpse, the corpse looks good, you know. Yeah. That means it's a vampire. I um, thought they were bloated and purple with blood on their noses. Well, we'll come back to this in a minute. Okay. Um, so the other telltale signs that there's a vampire in your midst is cattle dying, sheep dying, relatives dying, or neighbors dying. <laughs> of vampire bites. Oh, no, just dying. Oh, just like <clears throat> dropping dead for no reason. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, <clears throat> sometimes they would just run around and press on people while they were sleeping. Press on them? Yep. <laughs> Again, the, with the trick. <laughs> and then just duck. Just press on them and just like fly onto the ceiling and just watch them look around for what's been pressing on them and giggle. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so basically, what most people think is that the reason why people think vampires exist is because they don't actually, they didn't at the time understand like the natural decomposition of a body. Mm. And so a lot of times they would be like, this corpse is healthy looking because like they were skinny and like pale in real life. And so mm-hmm. they're bloated and purplish and that people were like, well, she looks great. She was so skinny and pale her whole life. <laughs> now she's like filling out. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's putting on weight after death. And yeah, you're obviously bloated because you're, body is decomposing and then the blood on the mouth that's normal part of decomposition as well like it's just like once your body starts decomposing and all the gases are shooting around it just like pushes blood out of your mouth which is disgusting yeah you know they weren't doing any like embalming or anything back then right um so yeah but um it makes sense to me um but here's how you protect yourself from a vampire okay okay garlic we knew that <clears throat> Stinky. Wild rose, hawthorn, huh. putting mustard seeds on the roof of your house. So they have to count them all. <laughs> a crucifix, a rosary, holy water, the classics. Um, also, vintage vampires could sunbathe, they could go outside in the sun. Um, oh. If you see a vampire grave, you need to get some blood out of the vampire, bake bread with its blood, and eat it, and the vampire will not harm you. 
Wow, that's so involved. Imagine. Or if you don't have time to bake the bread, you can also just drink the blood of the vampire or eat dirt from the grave if you're just like in a hurry. <laughs> if you're just like running to work quick, you're like, I don't have time to bake a whole vampire blood bread. I'll just eat some of this here dirt. That's good yeah. to know, though. Um, the other thing that people did a lot was staking them through the heart or the mouth. Um, and the reason they know this is because they found corpses with like iron rods through their chests, like lots of them. Whoa, dude. Um, Do you believe in vampires? Skeletal remains. What? Do you believe in vampires? No. (laughs) Okay. Me neither. Just asking for a friend. Another thing that they would do is they would cut off the head of the dead body and Mm -hmm. bury it between their feet or behind their butt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They would also pin their clothes to the earth, pour boiling water onto the grave, or shoot a bullet into the coffin, Whoa. <laughs> which I love the idea of. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Although they used to bury people alive at all. That I wonder if that has anything to do actually with the, like how the legend and myth of vampires arose. Is that like they used to bury people alive all the time? Yeah, they and, like they think that there is definitely some. Yes, I'm sure because you know they would they would dig up a corpse they assumed was a vampire, and there'd be like nail marks on the coffin and trying to get out. Right. Um, They're just like, I'm not dead yet, like in Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. But I also have the idea of like putting grandma in a coffin and then shooting. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> um, and charmingly, you can also just put a lemon in their mouth and they won't become a vampire, which that seems very oh. cute to me. That's so much easier than shooting your dead loved one through the coffin or cutting their head off. It's way easier than making bread out of their blood, their gross dead person blood. Agreed, yes. Okay. In conclusion, um, I'm here to help calm your fears, your, your vampire fears. Um, so in 2006, a physics professor wrote a paper that it's actually mathematically impossible for vampires to exist. So his reasoning is, say the first vampire ever got born on January 1st, 1600, right? Mm -hmm. If he eats once a month, you know, drains someone's blood once a month, and every victim turned into a vampire, within two and a half years, the entire human population would have become a vampire. So you see, folks, it's not possible for vampires to exist. Because of math. And that's actually very interesting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's all I have for you people. That's a great, great story about vampires. I laughed. I cried. <laughs> I became afraid. And I'll stay afraid because I'm actually scared of vampires. Like, watching vampire movies is, like, I love scary movies, but I like, like, slasher films. Like, vampire movies and zombie movies, like, really scare me, actually. I like all of them. I love vampire movies. I also love True Blood, the excellent television series. I loved True Blood. Um, do you remember, were you there when Alexander Skarsgård came in to Brucey? No. He came with Alexa Chung, and they we smoked Oh, and they were dating? Yeah, it was very fun. He is very he's, attractive. He's so attractive, and he was so nice. And he ate spaghetti meatballs, and he threw his vampire teeth. He wore the teeth into the restaurant. He was like, I'm dead, and I'm loving it. He's like, I'm dead and loving these spaghetti and meatballs. (laughs) He was like, I want to suck your blood, but I'll take the spaghetti and meatballs. (laughs) True blood pudding. Mmm, good. Okay, um, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ah. 
This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Then we're back! Moo! <laughs> you just said moo. <laughs> I'm a haunted cow! Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a deeply haunted cow. Deeply haunted. Get off me. Okay, <laughs> folks, today for you, I'm going to talk about um, everybody's favorite ridiculous vampires and kind of a crossover, a carryover from last week's Oprah sode. <laughs> I'm going to talk today about, that's right, the most boring movie ever made about <laughs> vampires, Interview with the Vampire. The documentary. Okay, how about this for... um a horror movie with an added word, job interview with the vampire. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> interview with the vampire weekend. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good too. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. So basically I'm just going to read from an article, um, from Looper, which I had never heard of, uh, 2022 article. Looper? No, it's not from the movie. I'm just going to... So instead of talking about Interview with the Vampire, I'm going to read the whole screenplay of the movie Looper. Wasn't Paul in that? I don't know who Paul is. Paul Dano. I think he's in that. Uh, he is in that, yes. Along with Brucey e. Willis. Uh, Brucey e. Willis. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Looper, I guess, is a website. And this, this person, Emma Matthews, wrote this article that... I really like LOL'd my entire way through. So I'm basically just going to repeat it. It's the untold truth of interview with the vampire. <laughs> and, can't wait. And um, I'm pretty much just going to quote her whole interview. But, I mean, her whole um, article, because it is so funny. Bravo to you, Emma Matthews. You're amazing. So interview with the vampire, she begins saying, is a 1994 <laughs> American Gothic horror vampire film directed by Neil Jordan. You may remember, uh, remember Neil Jordan from a little movie called The Crying Game. Wowie. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, he, he did The Crying Game and he did that movie in Dreams. Uh, I don't I think know that Robin one. Williams? No, that's what Dreams May Come. Oh, in Dreams. Jennifer Lopez? No idea. No, that's anyway. The Cell. <laughs> Damn it. And he also did that movie with Killian Murphy, Breakfast on Pluto. Did you ever see that? Breakfast on Pluto? Yeah. No, I never heard that. I That's think not... it was with Killian Murphy. It was like an early 2000s, like, kind of indie movie that, like, I think I thought I was cool. No, you're not. talking about 28 Days Later. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> 28 Days Later for work. Um, okay. 
So anyway, it's based on Anne Rice's um, 1976 novel, and it starred one Mr. Tom, a couch-jumping freak daddy Tom Cruise and one Mr. Brad Pitt. And uh, it focuses on Lestat and Lewis, played by Cruise and Pitt, respectively, um, while he's beginning Lewis's, uh, Lewis's transformation into a vampire by Lestat in the year 1791. 1791. This is actually, this is so actually from Wikipedia, this first part. Um, the film chronicles their time together and the turning of a 10-year-old Kirsten Dunst into a vampire. Now, Kirsten. the part... Kirsten Dunst, right. So the part that I always thought was weird is there was like a sexual vibe between like Brad Pitt and Kirsten Dunst. And uh, she was only 10. So that is kind of weird. <clears throat> but in 1791, it's fine. <laughs> I guess in 1791, everyone had 10-year-old girlfriends. It was, yeah. it was the in fashion. Well, if you, you die when you're like 16. So you're basically in middle right. age when you're 10. That's, that's true. <laughs> the budge for this movie is $70 million. It brings in $223 million. It was very popular. Spawned a sequel which I think is much better than this movie called Queen of the Damned, starring none other than Aaliyah. That's not and a sequel, is it? It was. It was a, like a spinoff, kind of. Yeah. Well, just another one of her books, though. Well, they made it because Interview with the Vampire was so... But I think it has a through line with Interview with the Vampire. Okay. Great. Yeah, there's like, you know, similar characters. It's not just like another random story. So, um... Okay, so now I'm going to start reading this article. In the 21st century, you can't flip through three TV channels without coming across a vampire. Back in the 90s, however, things were very different. By the mid-90s, the vampire genre was scraping the bottom of the barrel, somewhere between pirates and westerns. What? I don't pirates? know. I just, I just, like, love to think about, like, a pirate and, like, a cowboy just, like, sitting Being in some vampires? dive bar. And then a vampire <laughs> walks in and is like, hey, guys, what's going on? I like the idea of a pirate that's also a vampire. Ooh, a pirate vampire. I mean, that definitely happened. Okay. Um, okay, so 1992, there's, like, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, Francis Ford Coppola did that, right? And, like, Keanu Reeves yep. and Winona Ryder. It is really good. That's a great... That was a very scary movie. I watched that way too young. That's probably why I'm afraid of vampires. And then in <clears throat> 1993, there's Kronos. Um, uh, I think it was David... Do I want to say it's David Cronenberg just because Chronos sounds like Cronenberg? I think it actually is David Cronenberg. I think Cronenberg. it is, yes. Okay. Um, and, of course, the much-anticipated um, Interview with the Vampire comes out in 1994. Uh, and I want to mention another early 90s um, vampire movie, which doesn't get any credit whatsoever, Eddie Murphy's Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I forgot about that movie, obviously. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I watch it every October. Um, okay, so it's not actually Cronenberg. It's Kurt Newman who directed Cronos, uh -huh. but whatever. So I knew it. I was just thinking Cronenberg because I saw Cronos. My brain was making a connection where there wasn't one. Apologies, David Cronenberg. Oh, no, you. I'm wrong. Just never mind. There's a different movie called Cronos from the 50s. Whatever. Figure it okay. out on your own, people, if you want to know who directed Cronos. <laughs> What's on everybody's mind and has been for some time? Who the fuck directed Kronos? It's unknown. You will never know. Um, okay. It's an anonymous so director. <laughs> Directed by Anon. <laughs> okay. So look, Nicole. Yes. They had to hang upside down every day 
to do their makeup because they had to let like instead of just like imagining where the veins could be they had to like find the veins so they had to like hang upside down and then they traced the veins with like blue makeup that i don't fine whatever (laughs) seems like they could have just put the veins like wherever they wanted and no one would have ever known (laughs) no one i don't know they had to hang upside down for like two hours before they did their makeup torture okay Another thing that people may or may not have known, I did know this, and I love it, Anne Rice hated Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes, well, that is very, yeah. She said something really, like, mean about him. She's like, he's no more by Lestat than, I can't remember what she said, but she's really bitchy about it. Than Gallagher. <laughs> is that what she said? <laughs> no, but I was thinking it would be the worst <laughs> Lestat. Probably Gallagher. Okay, so um, this is from the article. Quote, Rice was far more interested in 90s possibilities like Jeremy Irons, John Malkovich, and Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Can you imagine Tom Hanks? Well, she was just like, if you insist on having an actor named Tom. (laughs) Make it a Hanks. This is the only one I can approve of. Or Chet Hanks, because she loves Patois. One way people speak in a Jamaican patch. Okay. Um, when the studio went with Tom Cruise against her advice, Rice made her feelings known to anyone that would listen. Here's how she described Cruise's casting to the LA Times. Quote, Cruise is no more my vampire Lestat than Edward D. Robinson is Red Butler. Uh, well, I don't know who Edward G. Robinson is, so I don't get the joke, Anne. <laughs> I know. It sounds bad. I mean, Red Butler, right? Gone with the wind. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know Edward G. Robinson. I don't anyway, know. she didn't like Tom Cruise, and who can blame her? He seems like a real weirdo. <laughs> but I think he's a great... I actually thought he was really good in this movie, even though both of them are really bad. I think they were as good as I could be. Acting like a vampire is difficult. You know what I mean? It's stupid. Uh, it's, these people are paid billions of dollars to act like anything that we tell them to, so they need to just get it together. <laughs> I know. But anyway, I didn't I rewatched this movie the other day against my will. It is again, the worst part about this movie is that it is really boring. Like <laughs> it's really really boring, I think. It's like basically as boring as The Crucible, which is also really boring. Huh. Um okay, interesting. Not this comparison. Well, well, witches. It's like another movie that's like about like, you know, witches and folklore or whatever and um but is really boring and has mm-hmm. like interesting like had a lot of potential. Because it, it's a great play. Anyway, um, so then this author goes on to say, quote, she even went so far as to ask that Cruz and Brad Pitt just switch roles. But she huh. explains the movie line in 1984, they, quote, just didn't listen to me. So eventually she, like, loved it. She also at one point wanted Cher and Angelica Houston to play um, Lewis and uh, Lestat. That would have been tight. <clears throat> I know. Um... 2009 Let's make that movie now. I completely agree. A 2009 interview. Tom got the essence of Lestat. He got Lestat's power. This is um, Anne Rice talking to Vanity Fair. He got the charisma and charm. He got all of them across in the movie. He had great skill in that performance. However, one person didn't fucking like it. You know who, Nicole? Oprah Roger motherfucking. <laughs> no, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, uh, Roger Ooh. Ebert's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> right. That's right. So Oprah, the quote, this is from the article, the 90s talk show Titan hated interview so much that she walked out of a screening in the first 10 minutes. She then almost canceled a cruise appearance on her show because of how bloody the film was explaining 
quote, I believe there are forces of light and forces of darkness in this world, and I don't want to be a contributor to the forces of darkness. Tom Cruise <laughs> appeared on the show, and he offers up this response. It was a vampire movie. <laughs> I, I don't... Okay, first of all, the first 10 minutes. Give it a little time, Oprah, okay? I know. She hated it. She was really... She became scared, and she didn't so like she's it. She's not a horror fan, because she's like scared of the forces of darkness get it i go oh, okay fine fine exactly nobody's perfect okay this is another <laughs> little known fact that the author says just like this in the article the shoot broke brad pitt and he tried to run away <laughs> run away because he realized he's a terrible actor yes he was running away from himself he hated it he talked to entertainment weekly years later and said, quote, I'm miserable six months in the fucking dark. Contact lenses make up London in the dead of winter. We're shooting in Pinewood. There's no windows in there. So he did not like it. He tries to leave. David Geffen was, a, was the producer on the film. He tells David Geffen how much it is, how much would it be for me to leave the movie? David Geffen says $40 million. So he stayed. Um, <laughs> it's almost more than half of the budget of the movie just for one Brad Pitt. I guess. I don't even mean, who knows? He so stayed. he was he was dead and not loving it. He was dead and hating it. Now, this is what I think is possibly the funniest part of this entire thing. Maybe of this whole entire episode of life <laughs> in general. This one sentence. Brad Pitt spent a lot of time in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> During the movie or just like... Just the, no, let me explain. This okay. is a quote directly from this article. Quote... As we all know, Tom Cruise is, a f is famous for many, many things. But being tall is definitely not one of them. That's true. As his success shows, though, height is no indicator of talent, unless, that is, you're trying to play a vampire that is six feet tall. Now, Brad Pitt's 5'11", Tom Cruise is 5'7". I have so many questions here. My first one is, why did they have to be the same height? Who cares if he was shorter? Why couldn't he wear lifted shoes? That's exactly right. So the production team decides some ways to get around this. The simple solution this, uh, this author goes on to say, it seems, was to put heels on Cruz's shoe. But this is weird. But as Drag Race had not been invented yet, having the star totter around on five-inch heels just wouldn't have worked. I don't know why. Okay. I guess that's, that's, that's a terror. This author also, really lost me here. In but the like, 1791, uh, men were wearing heel little shoes. Exactly. It was and like also on trend. Right, but like nobody even had to see his feet because they obviously couldn't see his feet when they put Brad Pitt in a ditch. So this is what they do. Quote, which meant that other solutions and the shorter heel were necessary. So Cruz occasionally stood on especially constructed platforms and scenes with Brad Pitt, but then production <laughs> also came up with a third option. They dug ditches and Pitt stood in them <laughs> while acting out scenes <laughs> opposite Cruz. This is so, so stupid. So this, this is the funniest line of this article. So imagine one iconic Hollywood legend wearing platform shoes and the other standing in a ditch and then both trying to act out impossibly dramatic moments while wearing fake pointy teeth and ponytails. And you have some idea of what was going on behind the scenes of Interview with the Dim Empire on a daily basis. So that's why it would cost $40 million for Brad Pitt to leave the production because they spent all that money digging ditches. <laughs> they, we spent all this money digging ditches for you to st stand in. Can you imagine? How humiliating. Stand in a ditch? 
that they just like mm-hmm. have to dig in the middle of the studio instead of just asking Tom Cruise to wear high heels. It's or if just be was short. Like, Nicole, here's eight million dollars. All you have to do is stand in a ditch. I will do that. I know, but it's just so it's such a bad solution. It's the stupidest thing. Well, I've ever don't heard. feel so sorry for Brad Pitt. He's a whining baby. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay, so this is the next title from this article. Cruise went full Tom Cruise during pre-production. Um, so he was like very, very upset about Anne Rice. And he tells Esquire at the time, quote, you don't usually start a movie with someone not wanting you to be in it. (laughs) That is unusual. (laughs) (laughs) For him anyway. Yes. And he goes, quote, when it first hit, it really, really hurt to be candid about it. Her venom. It really hurt. Her venom. Interesting Mm -hmm. choice of words. I know. It's like a subversive misogynistic way of putting that. Um, so he changes his diet and exercise program to lose 12 pounds for the role which just seems like a really strange amount like it's not a I mean it is a lot but it's not a lot it's like 12 like how did you settle on that I don't know I don't um so he moves to Paris to prepare he loses 12 pounds he moves to Paris he learns to play the piano perhaps (laughs) the most useful and deeply unpleasant thing is he researched watching lions hunt zebras in the wild to prepare for the role because that's what he thought he like had to do Yes. Um, so River Phoenix was originally supposed to play Christian Slater's character. Um, and then he died. And Christian Slater took over the role and he was paid 250000 which he donated to like a whatever foundation they had set up in R- River Phoenix's name. So he donated his whole salary. Aw, Christian Slater. I know. Very sweet. Um, okay. Kristen Dunst is 11, forced to kiss, kiss Brad Pitt, who's 29. And she says... Quote, it was just a peck. I remember Brad would watch a lot of real world episodes. He had long hair. He was just a hippie-ish cool dude. Everyone at the time was like, you're so lucky you kissed Brad Pitt. But I thought it was disgusting. I didn't kiss anyone else until I was 16. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> I think it's funny Same. that he's just sitting there watching the real world. With I know. Oh, Brad. So then they built a robotic Tom Cruise for that scene at the end when he gets killed. Um, when, when he's like throat, on fire yeah when his throat gets slashed and stuff that is yeah. a robot cruise <laughs> and none of it was cgi they just like made a fake tom cruise i think it's really funny and like Did it's they somewhere now make him taller <laughs> yeah. no they made a tiny regular sized <laughs> robot but they put it in high heels and the bread pit's still standing in the ditch. <laughs> okay great continuity and we're gonna end with this one very funny review that I got off of Amazon. Um, I'm sorry, Google. This Google review says, I literally love this movie. (laughs) TBH, I hated Brad Pitt before I watched this movie. And ever (laughs) since, I've been trying to find another Brad Pitt movie that is as good as this one. Is this written by Jennifer Aniston? (laughs) (laughs) I have not succeeded on this mission. At first... I, I watched all of his 90s films, then I watched his late 80s films, and none of them had made me feel the emotions that Interview with the Vampire have made me feel. Not even Legend of the Fall? I mean, not even Johnny Swade. And I know some of y'all not are going to be... Not even Cool World? <laughs> yeah, not even... Did you say Thelma and Louise? No. Not even A River Runs Through It. <laughs> Another boring movie. Sorry, Robert <laughs> that Redford. That movie is very true. boring. Sorry, um, Eastwood. <laughs> uh, it was Robert Redford. Oh, Robert Redford, whatever. Yeah, my number one. Okay. And I know some of y'all are going to be like, it's not like, no, it's weird. But I guess that 
what I guess what if it makes you happy or better yet it makes you hang on (laughs) hang on and I know some of y'all are going to be like no it's it is weird but guess what if it makes you happy or better yet makes you feel anything at all you do you boo also (laughs) it had a great plot and even though even if you don't like it I also respect that also I loved the way that they displayed love. It really touched my heart. P.S. I absolutely love Brad Pitt now. And I didn't before because I'm a huge Jennifer Aniston fan. <laughs> so this was written by Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. That really made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Last one. Oh, I can't believe Jennifer Aniston reviewed Interview with a Vampire on Google. I know. She's like, because Jennifer Aniston is the most beautiful woman on God's green earth. And Team Jennifer. Okay. Team Jen, always. Okay. Should we talk about our top three favorite vampire movies? Or just like individual vampires. They could be like, <laughs> not necessarily, like Count Chocula. It's not a movie. No, I was going to say Count Chocula, you bitch. Go ahead. I'm not, I don't like him. I don't like the guy at all. Oh, so you're, you're not, not, a, you're not a fan. Three. You're not a fan. Okay. No. Um, no. Is, is one of the monsters a vampire? Eddie Munster? Or yeah, but it's like. But he's your favorite? You don't even know if he's a vampire. Well, that's true. I guess he's not my favorite. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, other vampires that I like are Alexander Skarsgård in True Blood. Hot. Hot vampire. Super good vampire. Um, I also like... I mean... I don't know. I can't think of any other vampires. Brad Pitt is hilarious because he has so much makeup on. He's definitely not one of my favorite vampires, but he's it's one really of the funny least to go back to. And it's like so obvious that he's wearing like a wig. Yeah. The whole <laughs> thing is fucking stupid and ridiculous, honestly. I'm sorry. I know, Brad, that's going to hurt your feelings, but it's true. Yeah. Count Chocula, Eddie Munster, Alexander Skarsgård as whatever his vampire name is on the show. I can't remember. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go vampire movies that I really okay. like. Um, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Oh, you know what? That reminds me of P.B. Herman. What's his real name? Pa- Paul, Paul Rubens? Oh, yeah. Paul Rubens as a vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. Um, I love this. There's this movie called My Best Friend's Vampire with, like, <laughs> C, not C. Thomas Howell, one of those actors from the 90s that has, like, three names. He was also in um, uh, the Dead Poets Society. Mm, but anyway. Um, anyway, that movie's great. And I also love From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, yeah, Robert that's Rodriguez. really good. That's a great good movie. Um, but my favorite, obviously, has got to be Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yes, an excellent film. Leslie Nielsen, America's Sweetheart. R.I.P. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, what an episode. What an episode indeed. I learned so much and I'm really craving blood now. Yeah. Well, well, then I'm going to have to put you in a coffin and chew you. <laughs> <laughs> or just put a lemon in my mouth. <laughs> or I'm going to eat like... some dirt right outside your coffin. <laughs> or just like sprinkle some chia seeds. In right my on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was going to kill you, but first I have to count all these sesame seeds. <laughs> Just hold on while I count these, and then I will come kill you. <laughs> then after I'm done with that in three days, I'm coming for you. Wow. 
what an episode. What a fun time. Folks, I know that it wasn't that much about food, but I think that's what you've come to expect from us on the show. We talked about chia seeds and poppy yeah, seeds. that's true. And chia seeds. Yes, and dr- blood is a food to some people, and um, and that's okay. Are you drinking blood this <laughs> holiday season? So are we. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Hasta la pasta. Uh, bye. life's a banquet is powered by simplecast thanks for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe